Transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. She could barely stand still as I tied the bow around her tiny waist. The day had finally come. She had practiced being a flower girl many times, but not in the dress. And now she was wearing the dress. It was for real. Her self-confidence grew at a rate that her tiny frame could not contain. She began to twirl arms outstretched and eyes closed and the smile of one who accepted her radiance. Those around could not help but stop what they were doing to observe, caught up in the moment by this little girl's contagious joy. After she stopped, a woman came up to her and said, you look so pretty. I waited for her to respond appropriately, of course. After she stopped, a woman came up to her and said, You look so pretty. I waited for her to respond appropriately, of course, with a subdued, Thank you. But instead, my five-year-old daughter replied with, I know. (laughs) She actually agreed with her. (laughs) But the woman did not scold her or even look disgusted. She smiled as if to appreciate my daughter's willingness to admit the truth. Now, would you say my five-year-old daughter was vain, conceited? As a parent, would you have shamed her at that moment? I mean, I could have said, you can't say that. But I allowed my daughter to accept the knowledge that she was pretty. I knew the sting that she would feel all too soon. I knew the sting that she would feel all too soon when that joy would be taken from her. When someone would say something that caused her to doubt, to pull in and start to second guess everything that right now she wasn't questioning. I wanted her to hold on to that pure joy of just being herself, of accepting who God saw when he looked at her, the dreams he wove into her, the uninhibited person who didn't care where she was or who was looking, but would twirl. What if that woman had said something like, well, you naughty little girl, where were your manners? We think that was harsh, right? I would consider that 
kind of correction, picking on my child, and it would not have gone over well. Nobody I know likes it or thinks it's fair when their child is picked on. God doesn't either. And yet the enemy does that to us all the time. He picked on us before we even understood what was happening, shaping our reality, stealing our joy. And like we learned to sing all those years ago, well, at least I did, he's been blowing out our little lights. I loved watching my daughter enjoy the knowledge of her beauty that day. People often tell me that she looks like me, and I know she loves to write and sing. And I see the traits of her father in her soft brown eyes and her loyalty to friends and coworkers. The field of work she is in has a lot to do with the influence of her dad. Our children, whether we give birth to them or adopt them, will pick up our traits, and we delight to see that, don't we? We did our best to create and provide a home that nurtured the light God placed in her, hoping to keep the distortion of the world at bay as long as possible. And that was God's original plan, too. And God created this beautiful garden, and he filled it with a sun, a moon, stars, clouds, animals, fish, plants, birds, flowers. I mean, can you imagine the sounds and the smells and there's fruits and oh, all these beautiful things, so vivid. And then he said one thing that he had never said before. Let's make man in our image. The image of God. God was so happy and overjoyed. He wanted to show his children everything he had made for them. God blessed his children and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply, fill the earth and to subdue it. He told them that they could rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and every creature. He said, look over there. I've given you every seed bearing plant. On the entire surface of the earth, I've given you plenty of food. Look at, I gave you birds. I gave you creatures. He was so excited. He saw all that he made, and it was very good. He was a pleased father. There was only one problem. He couldn't keep the distortion out either. There was someone who wanted God's identity. Actually. He wanted to be God. God had an adversary. He didn't want to live under God's authority. He is still seeking to devour the image of God, and that is you. You and I have the image of God, and we have the ability to create, and we are the heir to the throne that he feels entitled to. We are told that the adversary even said in his heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will make myself like the most high. That's a pretty gutsy entity. He can stand before God with a heart like that. Then you and I, we're just target practice. 
I mean, the enemy hates us. He hates you. He hates me. And now there's more and more and more of us. And God is blessing us. And God is adopting us. And God is making us heirs to the very throne that the enemy wants. No wonder there's war. The only problem is the enemy knows that he is no match for God. But there's one area that he can cause pain. So much pain that the pure joy of watching it, even if it only lasts for a little while, is worth it. Where is that area? God's children, right? I'm a parent, and I would much rather take the pain than to ever watch my kids go through it. That's pure evil. Picking on children is just not right. And the enemy is not just picking on you and me. He wants to steal our joy, destroy our dreams, and keep us from shining the very light that God placed in us. God designed you with hopes, dreams, and aspirations because they give us joy. And when we're living them out, when we're chasing them, and when we're serving others with them, we shine. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece created to do works that God planned. He planned for those works long ago. So what are your dreams? Do you see yourself serving in a mission field? Do you see yourself mentoring, maybe in a school or a prison or in a rehab? Do you see yourself writing a book, producing music, climbing a mountain, maybe sharing your photography or your art or your cooking? Do you have ideas, but you think no one will take them seriously? Maybe you've been told they're silly. I'm sure glad Thomas Edison didn't think his idea was silly. What if Carl Benz or Henry Ford or the Wright brothers had listened to naysayers? And I'm sure there were plenty. And right now, I am so thankful that Steve Jobs chased his dreams. So who tells you your thoughts, dreams, ideas, or maybe everything about you is silly? or stupid, or whatever you believe is not good enough will never work, or has already been done. Even if it comes out of the mouth of a human being, they are only a means of transportation. It was the enemy, your adversary, speaking directly to you, wanting to keep you from shining the very light that God put in you. You are the image of God. If I were to get down on one knee and look you straight in the eye 
like the woman did to my daughter and say to you, you are so pretty. You are so wonderful. Wow. You did a great job. How would you respond? Would you be able to say, I know, with confidence? If so, why? If not, why not? If you were to hear me say, I know, would you call me arrogant? I have to admit that I would probably think that an adult was arrogant. Not a five-year-old. We think it's sweet coming from a five-year-old, right? <laughs> In Matthew 18, we are told whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom, that we need to change and become like children and have childlike faith. Further on in Matthew 21, we are reminded that out of the mouth of children, God has prepared praise. I believe that my daughter saying, I know, was praise out of the mouth of a child. It was childlike faith, the kind of faith that did not question her worth. That still allowed her light to shine. And the belief that she was pretty and important burst out into a twirl, causing others to stop and enjoy the light. They were able to remember a time when they felt the same. The dreams and the ideas that God wove into her and the dreams and the ideas that God wove into you are needed to bring light into such a dark world. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to extinguish. The first time someone told her, stop it, don't say I know. How dare you talk like that? Who do you think you are? And I hope it wasn't me. Satan used them to blow out part of her light. Have you ever wanted to share an idea or say something that would really help? Maybe you wanted to invite someone over to enjoy what you've made or you've designed something, but then you thought, mm, I don't want to look conceited. What if they think that I think that I'm all that? Where do you think those thoughts originated? If your purpose is to glorify God and use your calling, which is that unique dream, those unique ideas and talents and compassion that God wove into you, to use those to serve others, then please shine. Those worries about looking conceited and what others might think, that's the enemy. Blowing out that very light that we need, that I need. If you were here right now on my porch, I'd be warming up your cup of coffee or your tea, and I'd be looking into your eyes. I'd be saying, my sweet friend, 
Who are you not to be called? Who are you not to be brilliant? Look at you. You are made in the image of God, just like me. How can you serve the world and do your father's work if you aren't going to live out your dreams, the dreams he gave you to do his work long ago? How can you serve others by playing small? There are ways that we can acknowledge our God-given dreams and strengths and gifts that praise him and bring him glory without actually saying the words, I know. He delights in you. And when he watches you use the very gifts he gave you, it's like he's tying that bow around your waist, watching your self-confidence grow at a rate that your frame can't contain it. And he's saying to you, go. Arms outstretched, eyes closed, and the smile of one who accepts their radiance. Now go. Pearl. I was so lucky that someone actually captured the moment. You can see the actual twirl and a couple in a distance watching my daughter with a smile on my Instagram page, Sherry Fletcher. And while you're there, click follow and even share if you thought of someone who would be blessed by the story. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I don't want you to miss out on anything. So when you sign up for my email, you will get details on how to start your own spiritual game plan, the latest news on the Bible study I'm working on, and also a glimpse behind the scenes of things that don't make it onto this podcast. So head on over to SherryFletcher.com and click Join Sherry at the top of the screen. And I look forward to connecting with you there.